If you like the Middle-Aged Man Talk podcast, consider giving us your support on Patreon. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Middle-Aged Man Talk podcast. I'm your host, Brendan. And I'm your other host, Richard. The last episode uh, that we recorded, I said I was your sexy host, and then Richard was like, what? <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't think I'd heard that correctly. You didn't think you heard that Did he actually say sexy? I think I have a sexy voice. That's where the sexiness ends. <laughs> sexiness over after the sexy yeah. voice. You've got a voice for uh, radio. Sex. I was going to say for for, uh, for sex. You got a great voice for sex. You got a great voice for uh, you know one nine hundred number. A one nine hundred number. Who would pay to hear my voice? Some lonely widow, 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 <laughs> or maybe some lonely widower, widow or widower, whatever. Who knows? Wait, am I talking to a gay man on this sex line? How gay are you? From bear hunting to hunting bears. <laughs> that is a uh, Alec Baldwin line from 30 Rock. That was a great show. The dialogue in that show was so good. I know I've mentioned Alec Baldwin uh, in 30 Rock before. Yeah. So uh, the Pope is finishing up his tour. The Catholic Pope. I, are there other Popes? I guess there might be. Yes, there are other Popes. Of what? Um, the Orthodox churches. Oh, yeah, but they're like... There's a Russian pope. They tend to use, go by the term patriarch rather than pope. But they're basically a pope? Yeah. So what's the Russian one? Uh, like the Russian Catholic Church or equivalent? Yes. Oh, okay. Russian Orthodox Church. Oh, yeah, because all the Orthodox are basically Catholics. Ba- basically. I mean, I, I have a friend who married into the Greek Orthodox Church, and because she was a Roman Catholic, they were like, oh, it's basically the same thing. You're cool. Yeah, it's... There's... They've got most of they're, they're, they're most of the Orthodox churches. They have more in common with the Catholic Church than the Protestants do. Yes, um, despite the fact that they are, they have very very different traditions and that sort of stuff. Um, a lot of them are they they separated because of well, like the uh, they separated because of disagreements over leadership. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the break off. That's where Lutherans in Denmark came from. They were breaking off of. The yeah, church and- Luther Luther is an interesting case, um, but but in any case, the Pope is I want to talk about the freaking Pope, not the guy Seth MacFarlane. Um, I'm the freaking Pope. Have you ever seen the the Catholic episodes of Family Guy? From no, the, this is from the early days when Seth MacFarlane was still writing it, and basically, like the the dad and Family Guy, who's your kind of you know New England you know Irish Catholic, his father's like the hardcore you know dyed in the wool Irish Catholic. And basically, the main character, that you know, the dad, Peter, he wants his father to accept him, but he's never good enough or Catholic enough or, you know, anything like that. So he goes to the Pope. He actually kidnaps the Pope on his Pope tour and just to bring the Pope to his father and say, look, I'm, you know, like, here's the Pope. I brought you the Pope, you know, and he talks to the Pope and the Pope is very kind and wonderful. And you know, the Pope, you know, says to his father, look, your son loves you. He's given you three grandchildren, you know, like, you know, he lives a good life and works and provides for his family. You raised a good son. You should be proud of him. And then, you know, the, the old died in the wool, you know, Irish Catholic, you know, the grandfather, he says, oh, I'm so sorry. I was wrong. About you, Father. He's, he's more Catholic than the Pope. He starts telling the Pope that the Pope is wrong. 
<laughs> and the Pope even gets upset. He's going to, like, hit the guy. He's like, that's the most infuriating man I've ever met. <laughs> and then he, then he ends up giving, giving the old Irish Catholic guy a job as, like, one of his security. So he runs up and slaps people around and gets them out of the way when the Pope's coming through. I have to forgive him. I'm the freaking Pope. And that's where I'm the freaking Pope comes from. Oh, my. Anyway, so enough of my reminiscing about Seth MacFarlane and his wonderfulness. Um because the show sucks now. Family Guy's terrible now. He hasn't written it in years. That's he still voices characters, but anyway, uh, his show Orville is great. Have you seen Orville? No. Oh my god. Oh my, it's so good. It's like it's his comedic take on basically the next generation, but he's dealing with social commentary for today and doing it as well as the original series did in the nineteen sixties. It is probably one of the most brilliant science fictions ever made for the actual social commentary and the way it challenges thinking and the way it questions how society is. Cause there are like silly jokes too, right? Like, yep. like the, um, I don't want to any spoilers, but I think it's the first season, like the Klingon, you know, like the big, you know, the, every science fiction now seems to have a wharf character, Lieutenant wharf character, you know, big black, strong, you know, guy, warrior guy. So that guy, uh, his species only takes a whiz once a year. So they have to bring him back to his home planet for his whiz ceremony, taking a, a leak. I don't know. Like, so they, have, they have weird, dumb stuff like that. Um, but, you know, then they have other stuff talking about, you know, what is gender and transitioning. And, and they really get into it. But they do it in a really clever way. So anyway, watch the Orville. But the Pope, back to the Pope. The Pope's tour is over. So so you're, you're a practicing Catholic. Yep. I'm, I'm not even really Catholic, technically. Um as we talked about before on the show. So what's your take on his visit and apologizing for all of the horrible indigenous school horribleness? Um, it's not like this isn't, this is the first time that we've had a, but 30 years ago, we actually had another Pope who apologized, um, in, but he didn't come to Canada and do it. And he right. did. So, uh, the post of traveling around Canada, basically apologizing to all these native communities for the, Basically, stealing of children and then letting them die due to malnourishment and illness and yeah, and, it, and basically, even though this was government policy, um, and Canada, other than Quebec, was largely a Protestant country, not a Catholic country. There was a Catholic order that had a large part in all education was run by religious organizations at the time. It was a pioneering culture, missionary kind of thing. That's yeah. how it goes usually. Um, so. At the time, you know, there, there, the, the government didn't have very many schools at all, period. So it was the, the religious orders were, were the, um, the churches were the people who had the resources to actually run schools. And so they were given a mandate and horrible things happened. Now, mind you, boarding schools were horrible places and the British were notorious for sending their kids to well, the rich, they were sent to fancy boarding schools. Where they did horrible things to each other. Yeah, it's... Um, you read any British um, young adult fiction that has to do with boarding schools and... Well, like, you mean in the good old days? Yeah. Yeah, and they were all... All the, all the boys were pretty rough to well, each other. the thing is, even not, not so long ago, um, that's that's what uh, Dead Poet Society was about. Right. Yeah. Classic film, by the way. Yeah. Um, so that was a book first, wasn't it? Probably. Yeah. For the English, it was bad, but this is, you know, this is kind of the way you toughened up the kids or whatever. So it was, but for the native people, this was horrendous. This was really doubly worse. Um, because well, they didn't, 
these kids didn't have white parents who could complain about really serious stuff. I mean, regular, you know, boys in a boarding school kind of beating the crap out of each other. That's kind of it. Wasn't just beating the crap. It was there was there was other stuff. Yeah, I mean, a we, lot we, of other stuff. Um, a lot of, there there were stuff, but it wasn't. It's different for some reason, to some degree, when it's peers doing things to each other or an adult in a position of power doing something terrible to you. Yeah, and so it makes it even worse when it is someone who um, is a clergy person, a clergy who is supposed to be carrying out Christ's work on earth. This is talked about really well in a – well, it's, it's not actually about the, the native schools, but my home province in Newfoundland, that is where the – the whole molestation within the Catholic Church of children, or the the rape of children, yeah. really, if I can uh, paraphrase Stephen Fry, because uh, that's what it, it's child rape is what it really really is. And it's was. not always rape because it's not always it doesn't always go to that point. Sure, there's there, there's levels, I guess, but uh, in a nutshell, it's child rape. But basically, that's where the first cases came out legitimately in the media were believed, charges were pressed. And Mark Critch, who's on uh, the CBC's This Hour's 22 Minutes, um, and he's a Newfoundlander, he talks about a boy he went to school with. Now, of course, Mark Critch, his father was a fa- locally a famous radio announcer. Everyone in the capital uh, of St. John's, Newfoundland, knew who his father was. Um, and, of course, he had a loving mother as well and an older brother. So he's not the kind of kid anyone's going to mess with because, you know, they're going to they're gonna get caught. Um, but there was a boy in his class who he was kind of friends with through the, the grades going up. And he was one of many children, two parents who eventually got divorced. Dad was an alcoholic. Mother was not much better. They weren't really active. And all of these kids were pretty rough and terrible due to their upbringing. And there was a case in his school he talks about in kind of a colorful way how some child kept spreading feces all over the walls. They'd go to the bathroom between classes or breaks or go to another floor in the big school in downtown St. John's and they would spread feces all over the place. And people were freaking out. Why did this, why was this happening? But then once all these stories broke and all these people started getting arrested and getting sentences to, you know, federal prison, uh, you know, for pedophilia, it stopped. And he, he doesn't come out and say it in the book, but he kind of suggests he thinks this classmate of his, who, um, you know, had a really rough go in life, that he was one of the victims. But because he had no parent or adult to go to, and of course that's probably why he was this kid was targeted, if, it, if indeed he was uh, raped, um, that's why he was probably doing that. Because the way he tells the story, it's likely it was this kid spreading poo all yeah. over the school. Um, and of course a lot of other teachers were... Uh, really freaking out about it. But his one teacher at the time when this happened, she had been a teacher at the Mount Cashel Orphanage and she had left. She'd spoken out about the abuse and, and not just sexual abuse, but physical abuse and this kind of things. She'd spoken out about it and that's why she had left teaching the orphanage um, to teach at a Catholic school um, in, in the city. So, and she told the children that, you know, you know, bad things happen, but eventually people, you know, kind of uh, will find out and be punished. And, you know, there are people that are good. And I can't phrase it as well, but you know, go read the book if you want. But it's in Mark, Mark Critch's second book, uh, which is – I suggest the audible version because he reads it himself. And he's a funny, presenting, comic you know, actor, Newfoundlander. But yeah, so um, it, it's, all, it's all pretty horrible, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I mean, the, the, it's nice the Pope is actually coming here in real life to apologize. I know people got upset because there was some mistranslation in one of his uh, this is, this is speeches. Something this is something I uh, – 
I have been, the media coverage has been interesting because... It's been a little bit, I think, crappy. Uh, like yes. He's an old guy who came all the way from Italy to be, I'm sorry, we, we were wrong. Yeah, and he, and the thing is, is that it's it was interesting to me because the news coverage would be, oh, you know, they would they would talk to talk to a few people who had, and the people who were really grateful tended to be people who were survivors, survivors, yeah. But it's it was a, the youth activists who were like, well, this is this means nothing, you know, the the church still hasn't you know uh, fulfilled you know its promise for the thirty million dollars. Um, which is true, that, and that, that sucks. Like that's something I I don't understand the the bishops why the bishops stalled on that. You know, there could be other moving parts behind that. Oh no, there's there's there are one thing is is that the church is not as wealthy as people think it is. Uh, yeah, but I mean at the same time, if they have as an organization kept transferring priests around and they were enabling harm, they're responsible. And if financially is how they have to be responsible. Cough it up. The church owns a lot of tax-free property. Sell it and give the money to the victims. I mean, you know, sometimes a harsh punishment. Yeah. You know what I mean? The schools were mostly not run by dioceses. Right. They were run by... And what is a diocese? A di- so basically a diocese is a regional area under the authority of a bishop. So a bishop is like... What like a the congressman or a senator? Or no, he's the he, he's the administrator. He is the head administrator of the. So he's like the police chief of a police organization for a city, for example. Uh, is that does that kind of work for it? No, he's more like um, the principal of a school. Oh, so he's like the regional manager of like a sales company. Yeah, there's ten offices, but he's the guy in charge of all ten. He only has so much authority. There's things he can and can't do. Um, right. But it's yeah he's he, but he, he's middle management is really what he is okay um, but the thing is it's not quite does there's not a really great analogy because people think of it as you know oh the Pope's the CEO and everything flows down that the sort Cardinals of stuff. are his executive board yeah. but the Cardinals actually have no more authority than a uh, no more moral authority than a bishop or a priest okay so what's the point of being a cardinal then. A cardinal is you are the Pope's messenger to the bishops. Oh, so you're more of an emissary or yes. like a um oh, what do you call it? You're the Pope's eyes and ears and uh voice. Look, you're basically the Pope's ambassadors. Yeah. That's okay. what that's what cardinals are. And the advantage of a cardinal is that the cardinals are also the people who can choose the next pope. Have you seen that stupid teen road trip movie from like twenty years ago? Which stupid teen road trip? Euro trip, I think. No. So there is, I was going to say there there was so, twenty years ago there were so many there's so many more now um so I think I think it's Eurotrip and that's the one where the guy they're in the Vatican doing the tour and they get lost and they end up in the Pope's chambers he's like oh check it out and then there's kind of a comedy slapstick thing where they somehow start the fire the the, the smoke comes up to show the Pope died so everyone thinks the Pope died and they start gathering around the Vatican and then they end up starting other fires in other fireplaces, which is the smoke signaling that the Cardinal's already chosen a new Pope, which normally takes like days or weeks, you know, it's time. Uh, and this guy, he's stumbling around and ends up getting like, he, he's wearing the Pope's hat for fun. I thought, he thought it was funny. And then he ends up like, I think getting the curtain wrapped around him. So he looks like the Pope and he comes out in the balcony. Here's the new Pope. It's it's kind of a Steve Martin type moment. It wasn't Steve Martin, yeah. but it's that kind of type um, slapstick nonsense. Yeah. There is something to the Catholic Church and Christianity in general being um, 
so ingrained in, in culture in culture that that's what enables it to survive. And the Catholic Church is the largest, most powerful Christian church. They have their own country, for God's sakes. So you know that's, and I think that's also another important part of it because what the Pope's doing is that because he's the one doing it, even though there are lots of non-Catholic Christians. When the Pope does something and says, this is a thing I'm doing, Christian things, all Christians listen. We still go, yeah. well, what? Okay, I mean, maybe I'm not on that team. You know, he's Team Coke, I'm Team Pepsi. I'm still going to listen to what the leader of Team Coke says. Just, like, take it with a grain of salt. But, yeah, but I think in a nutshell, the Pope apologizing is a good thing. He also, there's two other important things with what he did. He acknowledged that this is the equivalent of genocide. Yep. He said, he, he said, this is on the plane, his plane ride back. He said, some reporter asked him directly, you know, but what do you think it was? Gen-? And he said, it's hard to say because genocide is a very technical term. Sure. But he says, this amounted to genocide. Sure. All the little pieces put together, it's a genocide. Yeah. 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 Which, which agrees with what the Truth and Recon- Reconciliation Commission found. That right. was very loaded, you know, very, very, a very loaded statement that they made that this was, it was not a, you know, genocide on the, you know, like the, like the Jewish Holocaust, but it was a form of genocide. So he, he acknowledged that, that that's a, that's really big because, you know, we've got political parties who refuse to, who refuse to acknowledge that. Acknowledge what? That this, this amounts to genocide. Conser- oh. The conservatives will not. Why won't they? Uh, probably because Trudeau used the word. <laughs> Oh, it's a, it's a them or us problem. Yes. Yeah, that, that, that kind of that, politics that, has to end. Yes. Um, and the other really big thing he did was he addressed the Doctrine of Discovery. Doctrine of Discovery. The Doctrine of Discovery was a se- was it's not really a full do- true doctrine, but it's a series of papal declarations over a couple of centuries, which led to Catholics being essentially given carte blanche to conquer non-Christian. Oh, yes, yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Um, so it's it's what the Spanish did when they came in, the conquistadors. Right. Conquistadors. Go anywhere they want, and oh, the, you guys aren't Catholics. The, Port- the Portuguese as well. Yeah. And so they so because, because they're not Catholic and that sort of stuff, they can be enslaved and that sort of stuff. This has been rolled back because the, the, uh, the church does not uh, go and rescind previous... Papal, the Pope makes a declaration that, you know, priests can't marry. Pope, sure. Which, which is, which is a Pope. Which well, they is, used to marry. They used to yeah, marry. Yeah, they used to. So the Pope made a declaration of that. So our current Pope won't go, oh, this, you know, um, rule from this Pope at this time is now rescinded. He'll just make a new rule. Now there's a rule that they can marry. Yes. Which they should. They should open it up. There, there's arguments to and from, uh, you know. I like my idea. The clergy can marry clergy. Let priests marry nuns. Well, and they run the church, they run a parish together as a team. Um, or, or allow um, women to become priest, priestess. Let's make it equal for the genders. A woman can be a full priest. As a man, a woman can be pope. So that that one is a little bit complicated, more complicated because... And for another podcast. <laughs> yeah. that's, but, that's a whole but, other... But anyway, I think, I think uh, good on the pope. And I think young people need to kind of uh, take a win when it comes their way. Yeah. Instead of complaining about it. Well, it's you can't. You're not. You're never going to get everything you want. So learn to compromise. Yeah. Uh, stop. Stop being jerks, young people. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful evening. Yeah. Good night, everyone. It's pretty good. Cue the theme music. Yeah.
Is there any funny retorts or comments? No, not really. That was a pretty heavy topic. Very, I know, you get into it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Middle-aged man talk. Thank you so much for listening. Please check us out on Patreon. <laughs> Woof. <laughs>